welcome to that 80s show where we go back to the 80s when there were a lot of Corys. There were indeed, and it's not so many this, these times. Why so many Corys in the 80s? Hmm. You know, names go through stages. Dory, every week we like to have a yes. theme, mm-hmm. and you are actually the part of the theme inadvertently this week. I am indeed. Week. I am indeed. <laughs> we uh, were having a chat pre-prod. Pre-prod, it's a thing you do mm-hmm. as professional this people what we're we doing here professional this people we said what's going to be our theme for the week and we said we never p- play duran duran or depeche mode we don't play them enough yeah hardly ever hardly ever so this week it's all the d's mm-hmm. every band today if you're missing some d in your life <laughs> this is the show for you Missing some D, no DPs. Even mm. though Dorian Parlo, we are the <laughs> DP. I just thought of that now. <laughs> so speaking of DPs, mm. brings me to David Hasselhoff. Dory, a few weeks ago, we, geez, I think we did an immaculate thing of stretching out content over three weeks. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> we, we flogged <laughs> that horse. <laughs> we flogged that, find 180 story and make it last for three weeks. David Hasselhoff uh, auctioned off all his stuff. Nobody knows why. Mm. Uh, great auction. Now, because I'm a loser, I spent some time on the auction site uh, that David Hasselhoff sold all his stuff on. And the auction site is called liveauctioneers.com. And I was looking around and see what else do these people <laughs> I can't believe it. What else do these people have? And in their archives, they did an auction for the Hollywood Wax Museum. Okay. Okay, now, wax museums are like dodgy at the best of times, right? Mm, I've never been to any okay. to one, but I mean, obviously, I've you, seen pictures online. You know, yes. you know, right? They, 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 they work, they they ambiguous, ambiguous, they shit, okay? Okay. So they auctioned off. I assume that they were replacing some of these wax uh, figures. They were no longer current or they were just, you know, decrepit and they needed to replace them. And I thought, let me go through this list. 170 different wax figures that were up for auction. I go, where are the 80s ones? Uh huh. Where are the 80s ones? Now, Dory. Who bought a giant life size candle of their favorite 80s icon? Exactly. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday to me, right? <laughs> so, Dory, now. I know you're a very good descriptor of pictures, okay? I want you to open up. I sent you something. We're going to put all these pictures on Facebook, that 80 Show essay. Are we? We, we know we're <laughs> How definitely- How many pictures are there? There are maybe seven or eight. I just want okay. you to scroll through them, Dory. Um, uh, okay. It is a, a myriad of 80s type people. So first there, you know I love the A-team. And who wouldn't love a life-size Mr. B.A. Baracus? <laughs> I can totally see this in your bedroom. <laughs> He's definitely wearing hobo-ish type pants, okay? Next up for you, Dory, a bit of Miami Vice. Oh, that could be in my bedroom. Crockett and Tubbs wax figurines. I just want Crockett. Although the Tubbs one is very nicely done with the suit and everything. Tubbs is looking very nice. Tubbs looks very good. Okay, well, you got to buy them you, as a You pair. know, it's all about Crockett for me. And my God, that is a lot of white clothing. It is a lot, right? Phew. So those are good ones. Mm-hmm. Do you want to look at Cindy Lauper next? <laughs> <laughs> so that is... That, she looks far too normal. So it's Cindy Lauper with like a golden and auburn wig. <laughs> wearing like a lot of these things which we've got to say I mean we, we understand this is very visual 
Um, and you know, and we, we've put them up on mm. that Facebook, that Eddie Show Facebook page, right. Early, so people can sort of like watch, okay. listen, and and see the pictures yes. at the same time. Yes. Uh, so um, yes, that is uh, Cindy Lauper looking. It's so funny because, like, witchy. apart from the hair, she looks like a female executive. <laughs> you know what I mean? She looks like a working girl. A working girl, nine to five, nine to five. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next. Oh my God. It is Christopher Lloyd. Doc no. Emmett Brown. No, that looks nothing like him. Nothing, nothing like him? No? Nothing. Well, you can't have Doc Emmett Brown without having a wax <laughs> Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Which also looks nothing like him. Wow, that's bad. To describe this Marty McFly, as you know, in Back to the Future 2, the best Back to the Future, yes. when Marty McFly sees himself as a dad, yes. that's what this wax figurine looks like. This I think sold for $3,000. <laughs> Who? Who who did that? Who Mark, bought Michael who? J. Fox? He bought no, it. No, no to melt it. No, I don't want this shit around there. No. You know what the thing that amazes me about all of these is how shit they close are. Except for, for except for Tubbs. Tubbs looks good because I imagine at some point because they're Hollywood, they would have gone and yeah. got the actual clothes or yeah. at least had them made to a professional looking standard. These just look like hobo clothes. Yeah, I mean, especially Marty McFly. Wow, that looks. He does look like a really bad. He looks like a, a meth addict hobo. Exactly. It's really bad. Dory, next up, Patrick Swayze. Oh my God, with a mallet. Look at those pants. Look at that mallet. The mallet is glorious. The this, pants are quite something. This is Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. Yes, not uh, from Dirty Dancing. Not from Dirty Dancing, but his pants are very bell bottomy. Sure. And then finally, Bruce Willis, but it looks a lot like Al Bundy to me. Oh my God. He's like all out of proportion. What's going on? Why is his head too small and his shoulders too big? It's a nightmare. The whole thing's a nightmare. Stop trying to make sense. It says lot past. Yep. As in no one bought this. No one bought this. Yeah. And can you blame them? I want to just, I wasn't paying attention to how much the others sold for. Uh, the, the Patrick average, only sold for $750. Oh, that's surprising. The average was about $3,000. Listen, there are some glorious ones ones here. Because it's not a visual medium, I don't want to like, bore people. I mean, yeah. we've done our best to describe. Yeah. There's Alton John, Bruce Springsteen's in there, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder's in there. The All the main characters from the 1989 Batman are in yeah. there. This is a smorgasbord of 80s nostalgia for your face. And your eyes are specifically as part of your face. The moral of the story is, don't, if you ever can travel again, don't go to Hollywood Wax Museum. This is an uncommercial. <laughs> Let's remember some of those fantastic 80s movies next. Well, that's not the case this week, unfortunately. Oh, my word. You just called the wax figurines an uncommercial. Right. My movie review is an uncommercial this week. <laughs> but it wasn't intentional. Oh, my okay. word. Okay. I, in my memory, this movie was a good movie. And then I made the mistake of rewatching it last night because <laughs> it is on Netflix. And it is not a good movie. This is definitely not a recommendation. This is Dory's, it's Dory's movie reminder. I don't even think people should be reminded. Oh, but really? It's that, it's that bad. Wow. You know what? I think you and I are, I, I can't believe like how good we are at this <laughs> in that we spent at least five to eight minutes talking about pictures that no one else could see. <laughs> and now we're telling people, listen to something I don't want you ever to watch. No. I mean, we're about 15 minutes in. We're fucking rock stars, Dory. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let's allow for the fact that people have that, that people have different taste, and what I think is rubbish, maybe somebody else. This movie has a six out of ten rating on IMDb. Some people out there like, like it. it. Six you know people at least. 
at least six at people least six in the people, world yeah. like this movie. So let me just... And the thing is, it does have a few, <laughs> a few things worth watching. So it is on Netflix. I'm not even going to tease it. It's called Against All Odds. Okay. <sighs> not the Phil Collins song. It is the Phil Collins song. What? This is the movie that the Phil Collins song is from. No, I did not know that. Yes. Now, here's the thing. I remember this movie came out in 1984 and it was 2 to 19. It was one of those. Yo. 2 to 19s. Yo. Because it had all the sex. People don't remember that, hey? I, and hey. we reminded, you, now now probably the most you get is 2 to 16. At the absolute most. 16 is R. the highest, yeah. Rated R. Yeah. You used to get like... Imagine being 21 years old and you cannot watch a movie. Basically, the stuff that you would have, that was in the 2 to, to, to oh, there was 2 to 21. Yes. Yes. I forgot about 2 to 21. Basically, the stuff that was in 2 to 21 in the in the 80s is now in, in the 13. Yeah, ba- basically. Basically. <laughs> basically, it's now modern family, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> but this movie, it's probably was 2 to 21 now, now that you mention it. It's 21. Had, you cannot watch a movie when you're 21. What the fuck are you going to see? <laughs> Well, this movie was all about the sex, apparently. So either it's been cut or their idea of too much sex in the 80s is just whack. Because there was nothing. We've seen Game of Thrones. We we got it. Literally, you don't even see boobs in this movie. You see a hint of side boob. (laughs) There's nothing. You do see Jeff Bridges' butt. Okay. So there's a little bit of gratuitous male butt. I think Jeff Bridges' butt now is definitely worth a 21. Back then, no, I think it's being cruel. But yeah. I, you need to be <laughs> of age to see his butt now. So here's the thing about this film. It has an amazing cast. Do you remember a while back I spoke about that series called The Thornbirds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the main star of The Thornbirds was Rachel Ward. She's an Australian actress. She's a very beautiful woman. She is the, the, the female lead and Jeff Bridges is the male lead. Right. This movie also stars James Woods. James Woods, classic actor. Great actor, okay? This movie is directed by Taylor Hackford. Now, let me tell you what else Taylor Hackford has done, which is why it's amazing how bad this movie is. Taylor Hackford did An Officer and a Gentleman. Now, maybe okay. not your kind of thing, but that was a big hit. It's okay? a big movie. He also did White Nights. Remember White Nights? Right, right. Now, here's the thing. So, he did Against All Odds, the movie I'm talking about today, as well as the music video by Phil Collins for Against All Odds. He also did the music video for Lionel Richie's Say You, Say Me, which was from White Nights. So, he's a little bit of a music video slash movie director. He's also a producer. He, he's, he wears a lot of hats. Let's put it that way. Now, he, I mean, he did The Devil's Advocate. He's done some good movies. He did, he did Ray. Remember Ray? The uh, With... Wh- um, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, exactly. So I see, oh, oh, it's Taylor Hackford. This is going to be such a good film. (sighs) Okay. I'd forgotten that a large part of the storyline was about like sports betting and and football. And you know me, I I don't do do the sport things except for Jerry Maguire. I don't do the sport things. But if you can forget all that. So basically you can skip the first half hour of the movie, which is all the boring sports stuff. And then you get to Mexico, and it's beautiful. The setting's beautiful. The cinematography's beautiful. Gorgeous beaches. You're like, oh, okay. Watch for about 10 minutes, the Mexico bits, then stop. Just stop, because the story's horrendous. (sighs) Oh, my God. Jeff Bridges. (laughs) Jeff Bridges is so – you know what my husband said? I I made my husband watch it with me, and, oh, I'm I in the dog box. 
I am in the dog box because it was movie night in inverted commas and he's like, I'm not allowed to and, choose a movie ever again. And he basically. made you watch Scanners. <laughs> he didn't make me watch Scanners. I made him watch Scanners, but he'd seen it before and he loved it. Scanners is great by comparison. I am so in the dog box. You know, but you know what he said? He said, this is the movie that explains how Jeff Bridges became the dude. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. Look, watch it your he, own. He, he lost a bet. He lost a sports <laughs> he <basically> bet. He <laughs> lost a bet. Watch at your peril. It's just, oh, it's not good. It's not a good film. That being said, it has a great soundtrack. Is Phil Collins in it? No. The song is the song comes right at the end over the weirdest ending and final credits that you've ever seen in your life. Is it has the, a bizarre ending. What came first? The song, the movie title, was the song made for the movie? I don't know. I really, I, 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 I don't care enough you to look it up. You don't care enough. I don't, I don't care enough. There is one scene in the movie. There's a song by Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Now, my parents had this on vinyl, the Against All Odds soundtrack. We used to listen to it all the time, which is why probably in my mind, I had a positive association with the movie, even though it's a terrible movie. Um, because the soundtrack is really excellent. Apart from, I mean, this, the Phil Collins song's a bit schmaltzy, but it's not terrible. But there's other really cool songs on the soundtrack. And one of them is the song by Kid Creole and the Coconuts. And he performs it live on stage in a nightclub scene in the movie. Now, Paula, I showed you this before the show. They're, you're watching and you're like, oh, this is cool. And then there are these women, the dancers and backup, back, backing singers. Wearing mirrors. Wearing <laughs> mirror, tiled mirror dresses. So they look like they pixelated. Yes. <laughs> they basically look like they pixelated. Because, look, the dresses are amazing. Like gold little tiles that shimmy shimmy and shake around while they dance we all went to that one house in the 80s that had that <laughs> in the entrance round a pillar or something mm-hmm. it was the little mirrored mosaics yeah we all went to that house so these women with very 80s hair start dancing and doing the backing singing and then they raise their arms all three of them and they have they all three have underarm hair now i'm not saying I'm not here to judge. If you want to grow your underarm hair, feel free. But it was just like, what? Was that a thing in 1984? Was that a thing? It didn't feel like an 80s thing because 80s, everyone was waxing. That feels like a 1969 thing. Or a more more recent thing. Even a more recent thing. Because 80s, people were waxing. Yeah. People were waxing the shit out of themselves in the 80s. Now, I, I, I get the confusion. Yeah, so that that's just weird. We'll put we'll put that video up on Facebook so you can check it out. It's a great song though. So the most thought provoking or memorable thing we gotta take from your movie is the ladies' armpit hair. That's it. That exactly. is all we gotta take. I've actually already teased our movie unbeknownst. Mm. My movie is very sexy, Dory. Okay. Unlike <laughs> mine was pretending to be, but it wasn't. Yeah. No, this movie I remember was sexy. Was sexy, like it was sexy. It starred eighties. I mean, this man still looks exactly the same now. Sam Elliott, yes, levels of eighty sexiness mm-hmm. with a hairstyle that one can only describe as a wolf's cape mullet. If a wolf was wearing a cape and that turned into a mullet, that's <laughs> what his hair looked like. Was it really long? Yeah, long, wide. So many dimensions. Okay. It had a cubic, it was, it had a cubic meterage as air. <laughs> Dips. Okay. Glorious. Mm-hmm. Did he have me. the moustache? Oh, God. Did Sam Elliott have the moustache? Yeah, I think, I think it's like permanently there. How does that man not age? Amazing. This movie's from the 80s. I looked at it. He looks younger now. Yeah. Right. Kelly Lynch. Sexy. Mm-hmm. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Yep. Dory. High-waisted pants. 
Well. It's so high-waisted. Jeans, high-waisted. Yeah. Chinos, high-waisted. Were the jeans tapered? So tapered. Mm-hmm. So much so. There was such a, a, a part of this movie that Family Guy, which, you know, Family Guy brings you into pop culture. They did a spoof of this uh, particular scene okay. or this particular movie. And he said, no one gets away with that. Not while my scrotum is pressed up against my stomach. <laughs> Okay. okay, so that's what Family Guy said. Dory, but the final sex appeal. Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott cannot get sexier than Patrick Swayze, Ooh. star of Roadhouse. <gasps> you did tease it. I did tease you because I showed you the wax model earlier and yes. it was Patrick Swayze as his character in Roadhouse. That's what you'd be buying. Uh-huh. Now, now I, I saw Roadhouse in the 80s. I do not remember a single minute of it. I would have enjoyed it just because I was obsessed with Patrick Swayze, but I don't know if I enjoyed it outside of that factor. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, it is one of, I can't believe it's taken us this long to actually cover Absolutely, this movie. Absolutely, because it is just one of those classics. It, it was. It, it is a keystone, new mm-hmm. word, keystone mm-hmm. uh, movie of the 80s. Okay. Patrick Swayze plays a New York bouncer, but specifically <laughs> in the, world of bouncers in this movie universe, a bouncer gets sent to a new place that a club owner wants to buy or a bar owner wants to buy to just start cleaning the place up so that when he buys it, it's got a good reputation. So instead oh. of it being rubbish when he comes in. Like a pre-fixer almost. I think he's actually called a fixer or cleanser or something like that. Okay. So Patrick Swayze goes into the small town from New York, but he's got a past. And uh, he goes to now sort out this town because a guy wants to come in and buy this bar. And uh, then shenanigans with a local businessman. Businessman says, oh, there's going to be some extortion, blah, 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 blah. If you don't help me with the extortion, I'm going to reveal your dark past Mm. and starts putting the fix on Patrick Swayze. So he turns to his friend and his mentor, Sam Elliott, who was the godfather of such and such bouncer things that they're doing. Right. Who knows? No one knows (laughs) what's going on in this world. And uh, a lot of fighting, Mm -hmm. a lot of jokes. Once again, it's very lighthearted, actually. Okay. Yeah. A lot of jokes, a lot of sexiness. I remember a lot of fighting. Lots That's of what fighting, I yeah. Punching Lo- and kicking and... Lots. You know, the kapow sound. Yeah. Kapows, no. lots of kapows. There was a lot of it. Mm. So Patrick Swayze, I mean, I look at that mullet in this movie and I go, what an amazing mullet. Mm. Patrick Swayze hated it. His actual quote is he called that mullet the bane of his career. The bane of his career. And he danced with Jennifer Grey. <laughs> <laughs> was Roadhouse before Dirty Dancing? It was 1989. Oh, so it was after, it was Dirty, after Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Patrick Swayze was a huge star because Dirty Dancing was his first sort of like big breakup. Yeah. But you see, that makes sense then because he looked really good without a mullet in right, Dirty Dancing. Right. Then he went and ruined it. He hated the mullet. Mm. He, he hated it. Roadhouse is an amazing movie. Give it a watch. But it brought me onto something even more spectacular than Roadhouse. They made an off-Broadway play of Roadhouse, Dory. Okay. Okay. Called Roadhouse, colon, the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Tymac from the 80s cult classic, The Last Dragon, wearing a blonde mullet wig. Now, that's exactly what happens. You remember Tymac, Last Dragon? The guy who was Bruce Leroy? Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh you wondered God. where he went. <laughs> 2003, he stars in this off-Broadway version of Roadhouse. Dory, once again, I'm going to show you a photo mm. of Tymac. Of course, all this goes on that 80 Show SA Facebook page. Yeah. 
You want to look? I'm going to flip my phone around right at you right now. Okay. That is Tymac. <gasps> it's Patrick Swayze's character. Oh my god! Why? Why? Oh, th- why is there such a deep, um, open? He's Tymac. He's Tymac. Did you not yeah. see this guy in Last Dragon? No, I did. I, I, for I'm days. trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. But did he, did he have such, yes. such chest showing? No, he did. In, in Last Dragon, chest. he was virtually always without a shirt on. Right. Okay. And he is wearing what they say a blonde mullet. Being that Patrick is Swayze's a blonde character. mullet. Is a very blonde mullet. Very Cindy Lauper. It actually looks. It looks like a female's wig. Mm, like they could have bought like, it mm. at the Hollywood Wax Museum auction. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're only going to watch Roadhouse, do it as homework for watching or finding out more about, this is a real thing, the off-Broadway play based on the movie Roadhouse starring Tymac as Patrick Swayze's character in a blonde wig. That is a real sentence you will find on the internet. <laughs> The Masked Singer UK, I come across this bit of news, which, oh my God, did it titillate me. The Masked Singer, I don't know if you've ever watched it. I haven't watched it. I, I know the basic concept. Aware of the concept, people get dressed up as pseudo Disney characters, very elaborate outfits. Yeah. They sing, and then a panel of judges needs to guess who that singer is. How famous do they need to be? Uh, there's varying levels of famous. Okay. I mean, I started watching the American one, but I couldn't get into it because I didn't know who the people were. Yeah. So for every, like, they always go, ooh, it's Beyonce. It's like, Beyonce is not going to be on the fucking Mars Singer, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then they'll name somebody from a 90s boy band. And you go, oh, another boy band. I don't know that guy. Mm. Did he have frosted tips? Mm. And then there's an ice skater or like a, a, a NH, NHL commentator. Oh, so they're not necessarily singers. No, no, they're not all singers. Okay. Can they all sing? Well, two degrees, right? Okay. So that's the US version. I imagine the UK version's not too different, but I think I'd know more of the UK people. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, the, the US version, but that's that's the vibe, right? It's right. different people, celebrities, usually B-list, and now they're on this show, and you need to guess what it is. So in the UK one, a character pops up, mm-hmm. okay, dressed as a Viking. Very cute Viking. All these characters are very, the costumes are amazing. They're so elaborate. Yes. Over-elaborate. And there's a Viking looking a little bit like Asterix versus Hagar the Horrible. Okay. okay so that's what he looks like. Oversized head, mm-hmm. skinny little human man legs. Right. Right. So now he comes on and uh, he's going to sing. Mm. So I'm going to play you some of his songs that he sang. You're going to know straight away who he is because we love it. Okay. It took them forever to guess who he is. He didn't win it. Okay. But it took it forever. He has his first song singing Scientist. Uh, by Coldplay. Come up to meet you. Oh, come on. Right? That's a very distinct voice. But doing a good job, right? Amazing. Well, I love him and I love the song. Did it play a bit more, right? Beautiful. Okay, so that's one of his first songs. Right. I knew straight away who that is. Of course. You probably know as well. Another performance he does, a Fleetwood Mac song. This one's a little bit ropier. The head was very big. Right. (laughs) Again, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. 
Davina McCall. Oh, I know who they are. Ships, yeah. So that's him singing mm-hmm. a Fleetwood Mac song. Again, you can hear straight away who it is. Yep. But they figured out he is obviously a singer, okay? Because the notes, they know it's a singer. He did one or two other performances, eventually becoming the first person on, in most singer's 18-month history to sing his own song, and they still didn't guess him. No. Talking away, I don't know what I'm to say, I'll say it anyway. Today is another day to find you. I mean, how do they not know who it is? I don't understand. And this is a released song by him. Yeah. They released the song. Maybe it's because, are they all very young? Apparently? No, they're old enough to know. So Davina McCall and there's another guy. Yeah. Who would definitely, Davina McCall, I think she was a, a TV show host yes. and hosted TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rita Ora is younger, but I mean, she's a musician. But she's not that young. She's not, and come on. Right? Amazing. I'm going to have to watch this. This is all on YouTube. It is, and, and I will post up all the uh, all the videos. So obviously, if you don't know, like honestly, if you don't know. If you know, don't know, why are you listening to the like, show? You know what? Go school yourself. Like, <laughs> I'll t- We've done terrible radio today. We spoke about pictures that we saw. We told you about movies that don't even bother listening. We're telling you right now, if you don't know who sings that, stop listening to the show and go Google Morton Harkett from AHA. Because that who was the Viking mm. in The Masked Singer. I mean, even the Viking is a bit of a giveaway oh, clue, huge, right? Huge, right? Huge, 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 huge. So, uh, like I say, he was the first across all the Masked Singers to actually sing his own song. I can't believe no one identified it. That song is banned in my family because mm-hmm. that's our Drong Fadrit song. Yeah. Whenever we get really sad or really drunk, we start playing that and cry. And, and then you go, who starts... With take on me. Oh Jesus, die! <laughs> Damn it! How dare you? How dare you do such a thing? So we are back here again with our friend Neil Johnson to talk about yet another classic '80s South African song. Neil. What do you have for us? During this week? Uh, between last week and this week, I was like in the middle of the week. I was thinking about. A song that I haven't heard for years called Going Down by Robin Ald. It's like a, a rocky right. reggae song from the early 80s. Um, and so I actually asked Robin and Mark Vass, like, can they, has anyone got an MP3 of it, you know? And Robin got back to me saying, like, well, no, he hasn't got one. He's trying to do it onto uh, MP3, but it's not compressing. And then Mark just did it and sent it to me. So it was great listening to it. I mean, it, it got me think, thinking about the song today. It's called Baby, You've Been Good to Me. And it appears... Okay, before we get into the song, before we get into the song, we have to give everybody some some background on who is Mark Vaz because I'm going to have Mark Vaz on the show very, very soon because he is <laughs> very important to South African music, but a lot of people won't know yeah, who he so is. Many, so let's give him There's some so background. many interesting people online who are doing great things around yeah. South African music, and Mark Vaz is one of them. I know Mark when he was in a band called Metal Morphosis. Crazy, crazy front, front yeah. band. Crazy Absolutely. time. Um, but then subsequent to that, uh, I met him, you know, socially, and he's quite an astute businessman. He's been living overseas for quite a while. But I also think that he he's he either bought or was inherited a whole record library, like a repository of South African music from the SABC 
record library. And he's got boxes and boxes of the stuff. And, and he's posting on, on his Facebook page, like every week there's some pop South African pop song he's found from the 50s, 60s or 70s. Um, so, yeah, Mark has done, done great work. And there's another guy in Cape Town called Ernesto Garcia Marquez. He runs something on Facebook called Job Talking yeah. and Eyeballing. Um, yeah, I know Ernesto. He's actually a friend of mine. I actually went to Cape Town yeah. and met up with him and hung out with him. He's very good. So there are a lot older. of good people. And there's a, there's a vinyl site, a South African vinyl site. So, yeah, it's, it's really – there is a lot out there if you want to actually go and have a look for it. But getting back to, yeah. to the song, I mean, Robin Ald's first album was released on, on Warner Brothers, on, on Weir Records, which is a major label in South Africa. It was called At The Corner. Um, and there were some great songs on it, uh, like the title track and a song called Leon uh, and I remember a song called Rosaline. But the album really didn't do anything. But um, but he was a good-looking surfing boy and that's the way they positioned him. And so things didn't last long at, at Weird, just that first album. And then the second album came out. It was a mini album. There was a guy in Cape Town called Paddy Lee Thorpe who uh, ran a, uh, a company called Mountain Records. And Paddy had gone back to the 70s. He had done stuff with Pacific Express and Jonathan Butler and Robbie Janssen and um, Basil Kutsia, Eddie Nederlander. In fact, he, he also produced the first like David Cromer album. So he had this nice little Cape Tonian record company and he signed Robin. And in 1983-84, they released this, this what they call the mini album. It's seven tracks on it. And one of the songs was this thing called Baby, You've Been Good to Me, which got extensive airplay. It wasn't a major hit, but it was like a, a nice love song. And I remember speaking to the producer, Kevin Shirley, who was like the in-house producer at Spaced Out Sounds, one of the recording studios in, in, in Cape Town, um, years later. And uh, we were talking about that, that particular song. He said, did you know that the song is actually about Dacha? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't I went, know that. What? And he says, <laughs> no, man. Like, <laughs> like Robin came in and wanted to do this, this song about Dacha. And it was a good song and, you know, there was a nice hook in it and everything. And I had to convince him to make it into a love song, you know. And so actually years later, yeah. I spoke to Robin Ault and I said, I told him a story then. He said, no, you're absolutely right. And then just to get my my synapses connected and my memories <laughs> into order, I emailed Robin earlier on in the week um, and Robin sent me a message back going, uh, you're right, it was written for a rock opera character who was a rusted janitor singing a song of love for Ganja. <laughs> <laughs> what a great description. And then when you actually listen to the song and the lyrics, I mean, if you hear that song first time up, you're going to think it's a love song. Um, Absolutely. So actually I went on, online and searched for lyrics. And true as God, there are videos of it. Um, there are interviews about it, but there's no lyrics. I had to ask Robin, like, for the lyric sheet. I mean, it's lazy of me not to sit down and actually, like, just transcribe them. Just listen, exactly. So Robin <laughs> did send it to me. And, I mean, the song starts off. We're going to hear the song in a, in, in a couple of minutes. And it says, um, yeah. when I think of all the things I could have done, loving you has stopped them all but one. Now I'm old and wondering if it's true. Doing that just can't be bad for you. Then he goes into the into the chorus. Baby, you've been good to me. There's still so much that we can see. And he has a, he has a crunch line. Doesn't matter if we're looking through a yeah. cloud. Maybe it's not so bad, even though it drives me mad. When I can't have you, I'm so sad. 
Huh? It all makes sense and now. Wow, I learned something new today. And then in the second <laughs> verse, it goes, sometimes I wonder when I'm feeling down, maybe I'm the one who is the clown. And in the second, the second part of the verse, I don't know why my friends all laugh at me. They're the ones who are drinking all that whiskey. <laughs> ah, right. And then there's the chorus again. And then the last part of the song is, when I think of all the things I could have done, loving you stopped them all but one. When we were born, we were joined at the heart. Try as I like, we'll never come apart. So and when you listen to the production of the song, it's like this nice, ditty, ballady, poppy kind of song. But when yeah. the story, the backstory is told, these lyrics and these verses just like jump out at you, you know. And yeah. I'm sure, I mean, Robin's been quite prolific over, over the years. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's released loads of albums. Um, and it's quite eclectic. I mean, Robin's also written two books. Um, there's a book of poetry called Kelp. And there's also a novel okay. he wrote called Tight Lines, which is a great South African read. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, I just remember the opening line or the opening uh, chapter is about them putting out these bloodworms during low tide on the beach and how you've got to like disembowel them or turn, turn them inside out to use for bait, you know. And, you know, wow. Robin's brought up on the peninsula in, in Cult Bay. So you've got that, that Musenberg, uh, St. James, Cult Bay part of Cape Town. And, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a guy of that area, you know. And so the book is about the coast and a, a relationship with a friend he has who kind of goes bad and he goes to visit his friend and he's totally changed. It was a, but it's a great novel. I mean, I read it probably 15 years ago and I can still remember like, like parts of it. But just like... Like Robin's a uh, like he's a writer. He's I mean he's got this big discography. I mean since he left South Africa, went to go live in England, he's written an incredible amount of songs, and also he's been working for the uh, Brent House or the Brent Hurst Foundation. Um, he's been travelling with Greg Mills around Africa because they do stuff in Africa, and he's done some yeah. so, some work for them as well. But also since COVID, he's been very very active online. Doing concerts, doing collabs, um, yeah. So, so good for oh, him. Cool. Well, I met him. Uh, it was the early nineties. Some friends and I we were in Cape Town and we went to go watch him at a gig. And my one friend was head over heels, absolutely obsessed in love with him. So we had to go chat to him afterwards. And he was just the nicest, friendliest guy. I'll, I do remember that very clearly. I've, I've known, I've met Robin a number of times over a period of time, and he's never changed. Yeah. I mean, and this. Yeah. Uh, he did an interview about two weeks ago on YouTube with some crazy Italian guy. And uh, it's about an hour and a half long. And, yeah, you can just see it. There's, there's, there's been no change. A real oak. This is That 80s Show. And uh, once again, looking back at South African music from the 80s, from the horse's mouth. Yeah. That was called Neil a horse. You did. That's very rude. Sorry, Neil. Sorry, I called you a horse. Uh, but uh, we we think it's a, a nice feature. We think it's popular. We're getting nice feedback on it. Mm. Uh, going back to the 80s, South African style. Listen, there's been a lot of stuff we've been speaking about, a lot of visual stuff. It will all be on Facebook, That 80s Show, SA. We got the Wax Museum stuff, our movie trailers, creepy Patrick Swayze wax model, plus all the Morton Harkett, Moss Singer Viking performances. Mm. It's the only place you're going to find them. Yeah, we sorry. curate. Oh, and Timak mm-hmm. in a blonde wig. We curate. We trawl the internet for the best of the 80s. You've put some strange stuff up on the page this past week. Pablo. Yeah, I'm on a watch list. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> My account's been flagged. So. <laughs> I like the A-Team ad. That was cool. Yeah. You know, so why I posted that, it was my birthday last week. Mm, yes. And I just go, shit, like eight-year-old me would have been like making sure my parents saw that ad constantly. I was a spoiled little shit. I had all the A-teams. I had that whole set mm. and everything. So, I mean. What do you mean had? Surely have? I still have them. Actually, I still do have them with all the weapons. <laughs> I was actually watching that ad. I go, hmm, interesting. Mine came with a different set of weapons in that one. But yes, it was a A-team ad. There was the sign that described our show perfectly. Perfectly, perfectly describes that 80s show. They say, what is the 80s show about? Danger. Ninjas and pirates and lasers and shit. It is missing one thing. It's not, it doesn't say wham on it. Implied though. That's is the, it? That's the is it implied? That's okay. the wham on dangerous. They're ninjas, they're <laughs> pirates. Definitely not shit. No. This has been that 80s show. Have a good week. Find yourself a Corey. Bye, Dory. Bye.